you didn't have any fucking money. What is this? What a- Yo. And then like the girl, I forgot, I can't think of her name. She's just staring over her like stupid fucking bitch. It's I don't care if they were on drugs or not. All of that shit is out the window, nigga. I'm trying to get high. To the Any Last Words Pod, my name is Keon, aka Almighty the DJ. <laughs> you throwing up gang signs at the camera? Yeah, that, 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 clearly, that's throwing, a peace sign. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see. I clearly, didn't quite that's catch a peace sign. I didn't quite catch it. <laughs> that was the that was the greater than sign to them. Uh, my name is Earl Lonnie Hooks. A special thanks to everybody joining us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, as well as YouTube. The God of me honors the God in each and every one of you. Today, episode 60, correct? Episode, uh, episode yeah. six zero. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be brought to us by Complex. Okay. Adjective composed of many interconnected parts. Compound. Composite. Definition two. Characterized by a very complicated or involved arrangement of parts. Units. Units. Number three, I'll throw in there. So complicated or intricate as to be hard to understand or deal with. Okay. This will make it. This will make its way in there somehow. All right. <laughs> I'm certain of it. I'm certain of it because we have some uh, some dense things to talk about today and get into. Okay. J. Cole being one of them. Fuck me. I will read them. I, I will read the lyrics. The people have heard it. Don't worry about it, Keon. Yeah. <laughs> so, I would like to start this one off. I, there are a couple of things I'd like to do to bring it back for our day one listeners. Okay. One of them being, since we haven't done it in a long time, and I think that we had Equanimity be the sponsor last week. Mm-hmm. It's something that people need right now. I'd like to bring us into a five-minute meditation session. All right. Yeah, it's been a while. It has been a while. <laughs> it's been a little while. <laughs> I know some of you all reached out and told me that you you enjoyed it, so I'm bringing it back. If you don't want to meditate, you just want your mind to be in disarray, <laughs> then, then skip ahead about five or six minutes from now. <laughs> I'm just going to bring those people that need a little bit of uh, of wonder and assortment. Six minutes. So we're going to start, if you can, of course, with closing your eyes and focusing on your breath. You have the rest of the day to worry about whatever it is that you would like to worry about today. In this moment, we're going to focus on our breathing. I'm going to focus on how the air fills up your ribcage, your diaphragm. How it feels on the exhale. How the breath feels in your chest. And for anybody that's been a new listener since our older meditation sessions. 
My voice should not be anything that distracts you from the meditation. This is a mindfulness meditation, in which case you can focus on anything that arises within your consciousness. But you have to focus. your thoughts run, you can always bring yourself back to your breath, back to your sights, back to the sense of smell, hearing, and that you don't have to shame yourself for having these thoughts arise, that is what your brain does, but allow your thoughts to come and go naturally as they do. Understand that meditation helps you come to a place where you have the most control that you're capable of having, which is the present moment. And that at some point, many points, there is going to come times when you have done any given thing for the last time. And I think that we would all agree that it would behoove us 
to have been there and been present and been an active player in the game of life for all of those moments. Come back to the breath. concludes our probably fourth or fifth meditation session here. Congratulations to everybody. You completed in six minutes and 21 seconds. That didn't seem like six minutes. Fooled you again. (laughs) Fooled you again. I know. I know. It's great. (laughs) Before we move on from this. Yes. I have been using uh, breathing techniques a lot more in my adult life. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and like, especially in the last couple of years, cause, um, you know what I'm saying? I've dealt with just certain, I've come to start dealing with certain anxieties right. as I've start as I've gotten older. And, um, like, even when it comes to like the hikes we go on sometimes, right. you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I'll get this, this anxiety, like this, this anxiety before a hike. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just like, I know it's going to be hard. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I know it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to be hard. Like when I'm driving down here in the morning, before I get to here, before we like go to yeah, embark, go, yeah. I'm always just in my car, just right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, even during the hike, yeah, well, I mean, during the hike, you got to, it's well, you, you got to breathe. You, you should breathe in a certain way just because it's better for you during the hike. Yeah. But for various reasons, yes. But even before those hikes, I'm always doing these breathing techniques when I'm feeling stressed or, you know, when I'm just feeling just like this spasm of mm. negative energy coming mm. on. Yeah. Like I'm always like I've just taken in breathing techniques as just a helpful tool to work. just make me feel a little better about whatever the hell it is I'm thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's not, you know, I'm not necessarily doing it through meditation, but breathing techniques have definitely helped me out um, as I've gotten older and as I've just started to stress about things. What do you, know what, you what are you feeling is is happening? Like when like, you, when you start these breathing techniques, you've t- clearly told yourself that it that this is something you need to do in order to mitigate this these spasms of well, negative energy you're talking about. One thing I think it does is. I'm more focused on the breathing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right, like right, when, I'm, right. when I'm sitting there and I'm doing that technique, all I'm trying to think about is making sure that the air is going in my nose mm-hmm. and out of my mouth. Right. And it just kind of takes the, it, it, it block, it helps to just block out just the negative yeah. energy and thoughts. You know what I'm saying? What it could be. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and like stuff like that. Like I'm thinking about that type of stuff and I'm just like, bro, we, I, nigga, we haven't even gotten there yet. <laughs> 
you don't know what it's going to be. Relax. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Why you can't be you can't be worried about things that may or may not happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I know that being, uh, that's easier said than done. Yes. It's easier said yes. than done. It's something that has you have to go through conditioning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For it to be a true understanding. Yes. So I've gotten better with it. You know what I'm saying? And we've talked a lot about this off camera. Um, but I've gotten better with it. And I don't know. The breathing helps, man. Like it takes it takes my mind off of what I'm thinking about. Mm. Um, and it just brings a, just kind of a, a soothing, relaxed type of feeling over me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Remember to breathe. <laughs> Remember to breathe. Because, <laughs> um, like, think about it. Like, breathing has just become so normal to humans that it's just not something that we ever think about because we just breathe. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. The body knows if we don't breathe, then we're just going to die. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So it's, you don't think about breathing intentionally. As a techni- yes, exactly. Yes. Intentionally as a technique, as a tool. Right. To, to you know, to, do you know whatever it is mm-hmm. that, you, that, uh, that you're doing? Right. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad we went through that. That was good. Uh, it seems like you 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 got something queued up. For oh, us. Well, not necessarily. I just brought it up because I'm gonna need to use it. Okay. But, um, I was gonna let you uh, go first this time. Okay. Cool. All right. I guess I usually do hand it off to you first. Uh, second thing. No, maybe I don't. I don't. Well, know. no. You usually. Start off with, with some, yeah, with some long sort of yeah. stint. Okay. But the last couple of pods, I've been going first. All right. Well, we're going to start with, <laughs> with with another oldie but goodie for the podcast. All right. Is another, this is going to be our fifth session of our word association. Uh, all right. It's been, it's been a while. It's been a long time. Yeah. All right. I shouldn't have left you without a something beat <laughs> to step two. What do you step say? Two. Step two. Without a what beat? Without a... Smooth beat, dope beat, dope beat beat to step step two. All right, here we go. The word I am going to posit. By the way, again, for any newer listeners, this word association game is a a little word ping pong. I'm going to say a word to Keon. (coughs) He's going to tell me whatever the strongest or first word that pops into his mind is. And we're going to go back and forth. We both have 11 of these to do. All right. And then we'll go back and uh, pretty much track our, our Did train you of thought. Did you choose 11? No, I just kind of wrote the things down and then okay. I counted them and it was 11 yeah, of them. It's an odd number. It's odd. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. People, you upset about it? I know nah, some, nah, so, nah, nah, there's nah. certain people be like, why didn't you just nah, make it 10 nah. or 12? Like, I can't do this. Why 11? <laughs> no, nah, it's not like that. Okay. I just, I'm just curious. All right. <laughs> the word is our sponsor of the day Complex. Um,. Complex. Frustration. Okay. All right. Frustration. All right. Solution. Um. Oh, yeah. This is starting off good. Solution. Solution. Yes, sir. Uh, problem. Problem. Opportunity. Mm, opportunity. 
Um, opportunity. Opportunity. Um, opportunity. I love this game because I know people listening are like, where are they? Like, where are they, where are their minds at? Because everyone listening is coming up with their own words, and everyone's is going to be different. Opportunity. I'm going. And then it's probably really cool for anyone listening, and it's the same word. And they're like, whoa, that's yeah. fucking, that's weird. Whoa. I'll say risk, which will come back up later. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> risk. Risk. Courage. Mm. The cowardly dog. I was just thinking that in my head. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Courage. Mm-hmm. Um, Return the slab. <laughs> Return the slab. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that that show was just weird, bro. You know, I don't. You, this is mad random, but you know what that just made me think about? Noris Espiril. Nudie Cespedil. <laughs> Shout out to the Resident Evil 4 players right. out there. Uh, I'm sorry. What was the word? Cur- <laughs> courage. Um, courage. Um, courage. I actually had a word and I just forgot it. Damn. Um, courage. What was I going to say? Courage. Courage. Mm. Courage, courage, ah, courage. Let me see. Does bravery do it for you? No, I don't want you to give me a word. Oh, I, I didn't know if you needed a synonym. Nah. Oh, okay. <laughs> courage. I just be trying to think. I just try, I be trying to make sure my you know what I'm saying my words are or substance. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I mean, all right. I mean, it's whatever word comes yeah, to your mind. I know. Um. Lion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lion. Instinct. 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 <laughs> And they looked at me and said, Lion. <laughs> Instinct. Um, animalistic. Animalistic. Sexy. Sexy. Hmm. Sexy. <laughs> I love that I just take note of weird shit like this. That I just <laughs> like at some point we're gonna look back at this book and just wow. And all these podcasts. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Okay. Goosebumps. Literature. 
literature. Um, knowledge. <clears throat> knowledge. Liberation. Mm. I have a dream that one day. I'm sorry. Hold on. I I want to look up the definition of that so that I make sure that I. Young black boys. Little white girls. Okay, okay, okay. Um, will come together. Liberation. And make little light skin babies. Uh, twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Layered. It is okay if the word you thought of is cake. No, it is not. Um, take a book. I'm talking. I'm going to take a word from uh, from Shrek here. Onion. Onions have good layers. Old, good donkey. old Eddie. Good old Eddie. <laughs> Onions good have Eddie. layers. All right. Onion. Onion. Release. Um. Wait. Wait. Cause you be releasing that weight, right? Cause you be, cause you be putting, you be moving that weight. <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not because you're a kingpin. Oh no! Oh nope! Okay. Not at all. You didn't want. Not, to, you didn't even, want. You didn't want to say on your platform that you were a drug kingpin. Not even hypothetical. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Wait. Wait. Hmm. W e i g h t. Understood. Okay. Y'all know what type of way you move. I, 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 <laughs> surmount. Um. Atlas. Atlas. That concludes our session five of the word association game. Now we're going to go back through real fast and try to explain our thought process on these words. I said complex. I've been thinking about a lot of complex things recently, a lot of stuff in these in these books and just my life in general. So that was the the sponsor of today. To that, you said frustration. Frustration. 
Um, I said that because a lot of things that are complex can also be frustrating. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You dig into the complexities of something, into the to the spider webs of it. You know what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. can get very sticky. It can get very maddening and okay. frustrating. You know okay. what I'm saying? When, th- when certain things are complex. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's so funny, too, because of, I guess, the way that that my mind works a lot of this is going to is going to be thrown around for the rest of this conversation for the rest of this episode i just i know it is i can already see the the <laughs> webs sort of okay you know spiraling out and connecting with one another to which i said solution as soon as you say frustration i think of solutions that come from frustration mm-hmm. i mean if you want the frustration to actually stop and i don't mean temporarily put it off mm-hmm. i mean if you want a real solution to the frustration uh you, you gotta gotta go through the frustration and you gotta you're digging through the complexities which bring up the frustration and i'm digging through the complexities of the frustration to find the solution mm-hmm. <laughs> to which you say problem Usually there's a problem when there's a solution. When there's a solution. <laughs> to which I say opportunity, because again, same thing with, that got me, I guess, from solution, from frustration is I see a problem. I see opportunity. Mm-hmm. I see opportunity in, in the problem. I see solution in frustration. These are all, I, I clearly have some sort of optimism in, <laughs> in my outlook. I clearly see <laughs> issues as things to surmount, mm-hmm. things to 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 conquer and come out strong <clears> on the <throat> other side. I say opportunity, you say risk. A lot of times with opportunities, there's a little bit of risk involved. Um, now, bigger the risk, bigger the opportunity. You can say that. Bigger the opportunity, bigger the risk. Yeah, yeah you can say that. I said courage because I think in order clearly to take these big or small risks, because sometimes even the small ones seem larger than they actually are to us. There has to be some degree of courage in order Mm -hmm. to left foot, right foot and get to where you need to be. You said lion. Uh, I feel like generally lions are associated with courage. Right. Um, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Um, They're also seen as the protectors of Mm -hmm. their, uh, I was about to say herd. I know that's not the word. Um, Mm -hmm. What is pride? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the protectors of their pride. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that comes yeah. with courage. You yes. know what I'm saying? Of course. I said instinct. You ever seen a line <laughs> out here chasing these damn gazelles? I watch a lot of those videos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that instinct is that's that's what they're living off of. Yeah. It's just crazy to see. It it just it it's it's wild to watch. I like <laughs> just love to watch it. I me too. Isn't that weird? I've always thought that was kind of weird. No. Like, I go to YouTube and I look, I like, I be watching videos of like zebras crossing through crocodile infested waters yeah. and just getting tore up. Yeah. I'm like I mean- watching that shit. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, it's crazy, but I enjoy it. I mean, it's, it's, it's the core of nature. Yeah. Like, it's just nature at mm-hmm. its, at its fundamental. Mm-hmm. Um, to which you say animalistic. Yeah. I, right. I, mean, I think we kind of already just yeah, got into yeah, that. Yeah. Um, to which I say sexy, in which we kind of got into that. There's, there is an allure to this very basic, primal, mm-hmm. animalistic, instinctive sort of mm-hmm. nature. And furthermore than that, I think that when it comes to the bedroom with whomever your significant other or your counterpart happens to be at the time, 
sensing that that basis of of nature and primal instinct is to a, a lot of people that I know quite an arousing thing. Mm-hmm. You said goosebumps. I think that whenever something is sexy, whether it be a woman or a car or, you know what I'm saying? You step outside and it just feels like sex outside. You know what I'm saying? Those things, those types of things give you goosebumps or the mm-hmm. feeling of goosebumps. Or the feeling that tingle of. tingle down your spine. Yeah, okay, you know what I'm saying? Okay. It's that X factor. Yeah. To which I say literature. If you don't know R.L. Stein's Goosebumps, when we were kids. Oh, okay. I don't know if you used to watch that, but I've been reading a whole lot of novels recently. So that's where Goosebumps went straight to literature for me, which you said knowledge. Yeah, I mean, when you read, you generally gain knowledge on whatever it is you're reading about. Into which I said liberation, because at least for me, I know that a lot of a lot of liberation, freedom, the exercising of expansion of consciousness has come from knowledge in in various ways, not just from from books, not just from your conventional ways of education, but just knowledge and wisdom in general has liberated me in many senses, I believe. You said 2020 for liberation. Yeah, man. 2020 had a lot. Which is really funny because most people were locked away. So now you really have. Yeah, go ahead and explain this. Well, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about, you know what I'm saying? Well, I guess this more so comes from the definition. I guess I'll go ahead and read this. The act or fact of gaining equal rights or full social or economic opportunities for a particular group, the act of liberating or the state of being liberated. A lot of people were fighting for liberation. They were fighting to be seen. They were Mm -hmm. fighting for equality in 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, They were fighting to have their their thoughts heard. They Mm -hmm. were fighting for some understanding from the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of where I came up with that. To which I say layered because it was it was extremely layered to me. You saw so many people like I've spoke about before go through. You know, there were people fighting for liberation. There were people, I'm assuming, that were on the opposing side of any sort of supposed liberation from whatever the other side is in any given fight. Mm -hmm. There were people going through what I've talked about before, ridiculous, drastic drops in mental health. Mm -hmm. And there were other people that found themselves in and were able to find things that they loved and understand parts of themselves that they did not know were there. So there was just, it was a very layered cake there for mm-hmm. a lot of different people. 2020 meant a lot of different things for a lot of people. There were people that lost everything that they ever had mm-hmm. financially. All their assets were gone. They mm-hmm. had, picking, had to pick their family up and figure out what they were going to do. There were people that created and figured out a way to make it. And they may not have gotten that opportunity or maybe had that fire lit underneath their ass that would have made them get up and figure something out mm-hmm. had that year not happened to them, mm-hmm. had they not been put in that that tough space. So it was a very layered year. You said onion. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I probably explained that <laughs> yeah. during. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. <laughs> to which I said release because the very first thing I thought of was was crying and the release that comes with crying. I don't know how often our listeners cry. I don't know it's okay how, how they view it. I don't know if they view it as something that's weak or if not, if it's something that needs to be done. I don't know who's going to therapy, who's not, who's opening up during therapy, who's mm-hmm. not. 
Not mayor. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not mayor. Uh what you said, wait. Um I said I'm sorry, what was what was I said word? I said release. Release. You okay. said wait. Yeah. When you so let's say you're crying. Um that is a release, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, it can also, you're letting that out. You're letting mm-hmm. that weight off your shoulders. You're mm-hmm. letting that, getting that monkey off, off your, your back. back. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. All right. To which I said surmount because I believe whether we're talking about people, whether you're talking about actually lifting weight or you're talking about dealing with weight issues, it's, it's something that has to be surmounted. It's something that has to be conquered. It's something that has to be understood. It's something that has to be processed and worked through. And so, and no matter which weight you're talking about, it's, it's something that is surmountable and has to be in order for you to continue on. You said Atlas. Yeah, I was thinking now, I could be wrong here, but I was thinking about that that sculpture or that statue of mm. uh, like it's it called oh, Atlas, yeah, where he's yeah. like kind of holding the world on his back. Uh, yeah, when you said surmount, it just it made me just think about the it really made me just think about the word mount. Yeah, um, and right. Just how like the world is just kind of mounted mm. on Atlas on on the back of I don't know was the I don't know if this the, this. Well, the Atlas, it should, that should, I believe, be the globe in itself. Be the globe? Okay. Okay. Um, But yeah, that's kind of where that came from. It also kind of tied into the weight. Yes. uh, Yeah. As well. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these words, sort of, the couple of words behind them, Mm -hmm. sort of add add to it. Mm -hmm. And you're sort of thinking of a few words while you're coming up with with your latest one. But that is the conclusion to our session five of the Word Association game. Done with that. You can you can um you can take it from here. Well, actually, no, not quite. Let me let me get in this. All right. Complex. That's the word that I started with. Mm-hmm. And I started with that for uh I mean a very pointed reason as I do things. I've been reading a lot. I've been reading some really, really great authors recently. I know a lot of people. I've talked to you about the hierarchy of of people that read books and how a lot of informational book readers neglect novels. Like you reading a novel, and what you doing reading a fucking story? Nigga? What are you a child? Like what are you? What are you talking? Like what are you that getting really out of that? Thing? Yeah, that's a real bro. You anytime you get stories? anytime you get into any space, they're gonna be people that are at the top or feel as though they're at the top and they're, and they're going to look down. Like, what are you doing reading? Like, right, get you a psychology Dang. book. Like, get you a different, like, what are you doing reading a story? Like, what are you getting? It's be, But it's because they don't understand what you're getting out of a novel. Like, like what like, are you getting out of it? Stories can't be good anymore. They can't, they can't provide information. Like, Well, that's the thing. It's very, it's very blinded. Huh. You know, and it's, it's, it's blinding for people. People, if you don't understand something, something the way consciousness works is, if you don't know it, you just don't know it. Mm. You just don't, you don't know it's there. And that's just sort of how that works. So like, it, I'm sorry, go for it. It makes me think like, okay, like people that go to the movies, mm-hmm. those, the movies usually provide a story. Yes. You know what I'm saying? A plot. Mm-hmm. Like, is it the simple fact that it is a story or the fact mm-hmm. that you're reading it? Like, 
Because if that, like, did those people not go to the movies? Like, and, I, and, the, and the, they, they only watch documentaries. Like, yeah, 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 probably <laughs> one of those people. It's like these, yeah, it's sort of like these super pretentious people. Clearly, clearly, it's just people that are super pretentious. Mm. Um, but there's so much that I do get out of these novels, like really well written mm-hmm. novels. Mm-hmm. One of them being, I've spoken about before, it being theory of mind mm-hmm. being placed in positions, especially if you are writing and this is my favorite point of view to read from is third person omniscient, meaning it's being told from a narrator, a narrator's point of view mm-hmm. and they know everything. Mm-hmm. They know what's really going on and they know the different characters perspectives of what is <clears throat> actually happening which also means that you know what's really going on it, as much as much as the narrator would like to tell right, you right exactly yeah but still within that there's a story happening and you're kind of waiting for the characters in the story to, to, to understand yeah. exactly to understand certain things that you kind of already know about them that right. they don't know about themselves right that they're waiting to realize. And it, it's it's like a great way of, of looking at it's things. A, yeah, it's I mean, it's anticipation. It's good buildup. It's an expansive way of looking at things because that is life. Right. That is life. And these really good authors are fantastic at, at that observation. The same way we've talked about chefs on Chopped mm. or or top chef or any of these things that just get a basket iron chef and they're like 30 minutes go here here's a here's a fucking rutabaga and a Reese's pieces bag go like <laughs> make me an entree a rutabaga <laughs> like it's <laughs> but they but the vision that they have <laughs> this is half a chicken some gummy bears and some sauerkraut do it <laughs> make me dessert <laughs> like they they find a way to do it because they have a vision they have a way of looking at things that we couldn't even we couldn't even begin to tap into mm-hmm. so when i read some of these books right now i'm reading middle march by george elliott george elliott is a pseudonym this person's name is really mary ann evans but but back then you know you as a woman it probably wasn't the best marketing strategy to put your name on the book. <laughs> We're talking about like the mid 19th century. This is, I think this was done oh, yeah, in like nah. 1866 yeah, or something you know, around there. When, when, when only men, only white men had rights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back in those days. That's, that's wild. I mean, I'm it's just a trip. <laughs> when tr- white men had rights. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, and, and a lot of that is seen through the the text. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like what a woman's responsibilities were. They didn't go off to university like the men and and and, and get all this knowledge and liberation. Right? I, I'm, I was listening. I don't know the name of the song. I was fishing yesterday. There was some guy playing music. Um, the song it might have it might be called Family Reunion, or mm. it's a, it's a song about a family reunion. And I was listening to the lyrics. Um. And in the lyrics, the guy is singing about just the roles of the family Mm. and shit like that. And he was talking about how the fathers, you know, they're the leaders of the family and, you know what I'm saying? And blah, blah, blah. They, you know, they do this, they do that. And then he got to the, to the, uh, to the wives and talking about, yeah, the wives, they're the right arm 
of the men in the family. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They do all the cooking and all the cleaning. How they old was this song? The kids. It's old as hell. Okay. <laughs> it's like some something our parents would have said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they take care of the cleaning and the cooking and they take care of the babies. And then he started talking about sons but then he got to the daughters he's like you know the daughters they just they follow behind their mothers because one day they gonna have to do the cooking and the cleaning <laughs> and they gonna have to have the babies they gonna have sons and daughters of their own yeah and i was just like damn this this song is a little sexist uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it was a product yeah. of the times. Yeah. You know, like there were only certain people that were ahead of the time were able to see. Yeah, like, it just it just kind of smacked me in the face. I was like, damn, like <laughs> the times have changed. Yes, so much. Yes, they have these paradigm it's shifts. Old that, ass song to jump in the zeitgeist, the <laughs> spirit of the age. So I'm reading this, and they have this same sort of vision, and I was having a conversation. With, I was just having a conversation with a friend about this sort of sight that As people had. Yes, of course. I just saw which which one of the balls is killing it right now. Is it and uh, Lavar? No, no, Mellow. Wait, Mellow Ball. He the one that likes him with the yeah, curly hair. Yeah, yeah. I was being shown some clips of this boy the other day, and I'm looking at him. One just like do some sort of sort of like some LeBron passes down court, but it was like a full court pass, but it wasn't just like a chuck down there like like LeBron do it with his arm. He's sort of like he was underneath his hoop. He just lobbed that. He just lobbed oh, it yeah, all yeah, the way yeah, down yeah, the court. Yeah, Dude yeah. caught it, scored. There was another one where he sort of crossed one defender and was going to it and was driving towards the hoop, and two more defenders hopped up and but. They were complete non-factors to him. <laughs> he did the grace in which he just cradled the ball, switched hands, and laid it up. He what it, it was almost the way I was looking at it, and I don't know if my friend was looking at it the same way when we were both looking at it, but I saw the focus on this man's face. Uh-huh. <laughs> it seemed like I'm y'all, I'm not playing y'all really. I'm playing myself. I'm I say that. It seemed like my focus, this is between me and the basket. This don't got nothing to do with y'all. Okay. This don't got nothing to do with y'all. This is, this is, I'm doing what I have to do to get this ball in here. Doesn't matter. Y'all do what y'all, yeah, do y'all gotta, y'all do what y'all gotta do. (laughs) But this is between me and this basket. Doesn't matter that you're here in front of me. This ball is going into this net. There was no look of, of, Drain on his face, you know, when people do wild moves, they gotta get a stank face while they do it. He was just, he just had the cleanest, non-bothered look uh-huh. on his face uh-huh. when he did it, and I just saw such immense focus in what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I go back to this, this sort of transcendental sight that few people have. And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be music. It could be art. It could be sports. It doesn't matter. But there's some, there's a certain sight granted to certain people. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be, and that can be exacerbated through work ethic. But there's a certain sight given to people. Gotta have that as a point guard. And if you can't observe keenly, then the things that come afterwards will not be of that ilk. They will not be of that stature. So I was reading a page, a couple of pages out of some of these books to my friend. And she was saying, 
who writes like this? And like, this is, this is insane writing. Mm-hmm. The details that go into this are insane. Like, why, why can't more writers write like this? And I said, well, if you are not observing life in people on this level, then you can't write about it. Mm-hmm. We talked about that with Big Smokey J when he was trying to shit on photography as an art. <laughs> yeah. And I said, before you even get to the techniques of taking photos and going into the dark room and developing the photos, for, but fuck all of that. The taking of the photo, you have to, you didn't know why those people were looking at that damn, that, that cherry blossom tree. You had no idea. So you would have never, as a photographer, you would be doing a very terrible job. Because you would have no idea what you even need to take a picture of. You would be, you wouldn't even see the value in the thing that needs to be taken, that needs to be captured. Mm. And there, that's a certain sight that has to be given to someone in order for them to be able to do that. So there, there, there are a couple of, there are a couple of things that I, I definitely want to read out of a couple books here. Some, they're not really long. He said a couple books. This one is from the book I just described, Middle March by George Eliot. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they'll just sort of set up who someone is or what their demeanor's like and how they carry themselves before a scene cuts in and the dialogue between them and somebody starts. Right. Okay. Now they're talking about a, a gentleman named Mr. Bolstrode. Now, this may have sort of resonated with me a bit. And maybe you'll see why. But we'll we'll get into why I'm really reading this after I read this. Mr. Bolstrode had also a deferential, which means just like very highly respectable, mm-hmm. deferential bending attitude in listening and an apparently fixed attentiveness in his eyes, which made those persons who thought themselves worth hearing infer that he was seeking the utmost improvement from their discourse. Let's stop there for a second. This is just, this is one line here. There's one sentence and they're trying to get through to you that this guy that they're bringing into the story listens and pays attention to such a degree that when he's looking at people, they're getting the idea that he's looking for them to do their very best job at what it is they need to say. Mm-hmm. That's that's what his look says to them. Okay. Okay, he's looking at me. He's giving me his attention. I need to do the very best at what it is I need to say right now because he's not for play play. Right. This 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 nigga is like this this nigga is not about wasting time. Like uh-huh. if he is he if he's giving me his attention, I need to give him the best of me. And just the fact that George Eliot is putting this, I should call her Mary Ann Evans, but the fact that she's putting this in this, you could easily say, and you hear people discuss maybe the way someone looked at them. Oh, you know, how is he looking at? Oh, he was just looking at me too long. He was looking at me too hard. They just, I don't know, their, their eye, it was just a really intense look. Mm-hmm. Their eyes were squinted. Seemed like they were trying to look in my soul. Like these are These are different ways that normal people talk about the way someone looked at them, but it takes a certain observer of life and of people to say, no, the way this particular person looks at people makes the people that 
that are talking to him feel as though he's looking for their utmost, their utmost in this moment. That's a different sort of look, mm-hmm. but you have to be able to observe that look from someone to be able to speak about it. Okay. You can't write that unless you've observed that. Right. Next thing. Others who expected to make no great figure, meaning others who didn't want to be this person that he's challenging them to be through the way he's looking at them, disliked this kind of moral lantern turned on them. Mm. So now the way he looks at them is now a moral lantern. Okay. If you are not proud of your seller, there is no thrill of satisfaction in seeing your guest hold up his wine glass to the light and look judicial. Let me pause here. And that's really the end that I'm going to read from this book. If you are not proud of your seller and what they mean by this is like, say these are a lot of rich, you know, uh, aristocratic people. They live a different sort of provincial life. If you have a wine cellar, and you're not proud of it. You're not proud of the wine that you've accrued over the ages. They're saying there's no thrill of satisfaction in seeing your guest hold up his wine glass and look judicial. You don't want people really going through your yeah, stuff yeah. if you're not really proud of it. Yeah, yeah. And so they say that to say, of course, the people who don't want to rise to the occasion of being this person that this person is challenging them to be through looking at them the way that he's looking at them, of course they would not rise to the occasion. Of course they would dislike it because they're not proud of their seller. They're not proud of what it is they have going on. If you felt like you could easily rise to the occasion and, and, and surmount this challenge that this person is implicitly giving you through their, their gaze, then you would rise to the occasion and you right. would you would get to your utmost and you would be the best you you could be while speaking to that person and having their attention. So you're saying like they're intimidated. Exactly. OK, they're, they're intimidated to the point. Of, but but you can be intimidated and rise to the occasion right. or you can be intimidated and shrink. Right. So but that's the whole point is you're right. They're saying some of these people that are intimidated don't like it. Mm hmm. That's one way of saying it, but they, but she painted you a picture of this guy, how he looks at people, how he carries himself, how people feel about it on both sides. That's complex. Okay. (laughs) That is complex literature. That is beauty. That is observation. That is something that, that is a sort of level of writing that you don't get without a very acute shrewd level of observation of life around you. Mm-hmm. And and that's and it's it's beautiful and I'm going to read just one more. Just one more. Let me see if I can if I can find this. What do you think of this so far though? Um it's absolutely complex. I mean the way that <laughs> the way that you were reading it just the 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 word usage, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't really I mean not that I read a ton of books. But you don't get that type of verbiage and language, um, no. especially not not these days. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Like especially like, you know what I'm saying? If you're someone like me that's just 
on the internet, you know what I'm saying? Be on Twitter and stuff like that a lot. That's where I do a lot of my reading. Yes, you know yes, yes, yes. You yes, don't yes. really see that. <laughs> no, that's for damn certain. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to find this, this other one. I felt that it was in chapter four. This is from the book. This is actually, uh, a book that I read that afterwards I found myself having a wild. Someone was asking me this the other day. They're like, yo, could you make me a list of books that you've read that sort of blew your mind? Like, I, I need to know what sort of books you're reading. Better charge these niggas. And <laughs> it's a service. <laughs> and then, well, this was this was one of the books that did this. This was the book that I read that I felt like did did a great story, uh, a great service as far as theory of mind. Me being forced to look at things through different people's perspectives because people aren't really forced to do that in their everyday lives. Like they, you can, but you kind of already have to be open to that. But you're not forced to do it. Mm-hmm. And Again, the other thing that I don't know if I said that really helps me through life that I get out of these books that a lot of these fucking pretentious people that only read informational books and poo-poo these books don't get is the level of detail. Mm -hmm. Because I do see a lot of life this way. Like, I see such intricacies in life, so I don't usually just say headline things like, yeah, they just look tired. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, they just looked at me intensely. Like there's usually a little bit more that comes in. Rather use the word fatigue. (laughs) Well, I would. I would probably use. It can be tired, but Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you what that tiredness sort of said to me Mm -hmm. about this person, or why I feel like that tiredness came across to me the way that it did, or whatever it is. Because because there's levels to this. There's levers to tired. Right. 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 Like tired is. I was reading this book the middle of March, and they said something about. Something they were describing being in its gravest mildness. Okay. In its gravest mildness. Great, like for something to be grave is for something to be very serious. Mm-hmm. If you to be in grave danger, you're you might die. <laughs> right? We know mild. If you eat buffalo wings, we know what mild means, right? right? Like it's normal, it's yeah. intermediate, Average. it's whatever. They said the great, like you, you're giving me. Like your sarcasm in its gravest mildness, I believe someone said. Okay. That means that this is as far on the spicy side of mild that it could be. Uh-huh. It's not quite spicy yet. It's not quite bitter and sardonic. That's where the, the bitter, uh, bitter sarcasm would be sardonic, but, but it's almost there. Mm-hmm. Uh, your sarcasm is at its gravest mildness right now. Mm-hmm. And, that is amazing to me. <laughs> I love people writing like that and Greatest talking. Mildness. Yes. Like that you're like it's almost like you are so passive aggressive right now. Like that that sarcasm. It's almost like the words contradict themselves. It's almost like they contradict yeah. themselves, but it works though if you yeah. really think about it. It because it's just a spectrum. Mm-hmm. There should there should be a spectrum of mild mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. some degree. So here we go. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Where does this go? Um, oh, yeah, but I was saying this was the book that I read called The Idiot by Fyodor Dostoevsky. And after this, this is when I got a call from my my um, my mom. And I think a lot of things just kind of came together. And I 
had a fucking epiphany and I and I just thought that it was super wild because then I had to go look up what epiphany meant. And then I was even more taken aback because then I realized that epiphany is something that comes along, not when you just do something that's new and exciting and then you have a revelation that takes place or a new wave of, of seeing things. It's seemingly something that's done every day. Mm-hmm. It seemed like in me reading books and and talking to the people I was talking to around the time seemed to be pretty regular. Mm-hmm. And I just got done with a certain book, having a certain conversation and got a certain call and it all came together and it was uh, it was all wild. Okay, let's see here. I think I'm getting closer to it. I'm getting closer to it. I'm getting closer to uh, it. Speaking of moms. Got it. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Oh, indeed. Any, any moms listening? I don't know, but. Oh, there are definitely some moms. <laughs> for sure. I know that for a fact. Okay, here we go. This man, Myshkin, I believe is it's pronounced, is about to describe, and I've talked about this before as well, is about to describe an account from a man that he once knew. Okay. To some some ladies that he's speaking about or speaking to. He says, there may be two opinions about life in prison, said Myshkin. A man who spent 12 years in prison told me something. He was one of the invalids in the care of my professor. He had fits. He was sometimes restless, wept, and even tried to kill himself. His life in prison had been a very sad one, I assure you, but not at all petty. Yet he had no friends but a spender... Oh, I'm sorry, but a spider in a tree that grew under his window. But I'd better tell you how I met another man last year. There was one very strange circumstance about it. Strange because such things rarely happen. This man had once been led out with others to the scaffold and a sentence of death was read over him. He was to be shot for a political offense. Twenty moments later, a reprieve was read to them, and they were condemned to another punishment instead. Yet the interval between those two sentences, 20 minutes or at least a quarter of an hour, he passed in the fullest conviction that he would die in a few minutes. I was always eager to listen when he recalled his sensations at the time, and I often questioned him about it. He remembered it all with extraordinary distinctness, and he used to say that he would never forget those minutes. Twenty paces from the scaffold, round which soldiers and other people were standing, there were three posts stuck in the ground, as there were several criminals. The three first were led up, bound to the posts. The death dress, a long white gown, was put on, and white caps pulled over their eyes so that they should not see the guns. Then a company of several soldiers was drawn up against each post. My friend was the eighth on the list, so he had to be one of the third set. The priest went to each in turn with a cross. He had only five minutes more to live. He told me that those five minutes seemed to him an infinite time. A vast wealth. He felt that he had so many lives left in those five minutes that there was no need yet to think of the last moment. So much so that he divided his time up. He set aside time to take leave of his comrades. Two minutes for that. 
Then he kept another two minutes to think for the last time. And then a minute to look about for the last time. He remembered very well having divided his time like that. He was dying at 27, strong and healthy. As he took leave of his comrades, he remembered asking one of them a somewhat irrelevant question and being particularly interested in the answer. Then when he had said goodbye, the two minutes came that he had set apart for thinking to himself. He knew beforehand what he would think about. He wanted to realize as quickly and clearly as possible how it could be that now he existed and was living and in three minutes he would be something, someone or something. But what? Where? He meant to decide all that those all that in those two minutes. Not far off, there was a church. And the gilt roof was glittering in the bright sunshine. He remembered that he stared very persistently at that roof and the light flashing from it. He could not tear himself away from the light. It seemed to him that those rays were his new nature and that in three minutes he would somehow melt into them. The uncertainty and feeling of aversion for that new thing, which would be and was just coming, was awful. But he said that nothing was so dreadful at that time as the continual thought, what if I were not to die? What if I could go back to life? What eternity? And it would all be mine. I would turn every minute into an age. I would lose nothing. I would count every minute as it passed. I would not waste one. He said that this idea turned to such a fury at last that he longed to be shot quickly. Then he goes on to talk about how he ran into that guy later on and the guy told him, oh, yeah, like I, I wasted many minutes after that. I didn't act. I didn't live life like that after I was reprieved for that sentence at all. I didn't live like that at all. I didn't I just went back into being an ungrateful human being that really didn't give a shit about anything and lived a passive life like most of us do. Well, damn. Yes. Well, damn. But the reason I bring that up <clears throat> is that is amazing imagery. Mm-hmm. And unless you are the millionth man, the, the, the one out of a million that has that sort of observation, that observational tool that I'm talking about that transcends all these different all these different race, creeds, ethnicities, and and forms, fashions, and vocations. You can't write like that. You can't say those things. Mm-hmm. And then, when you know anything about this guy's life, which I think I read on here before, but I'll do it again, Fyodor Dostoyevsky's life was as dark and dramatic as the great novels he wrote. He was born in Moscow in 1821, the son of a former former army surgeon whose drunken brutality led his own serfs to murder him by pouring vodka down his throat until he strangled. So that's how his, that's how his dad died. Damn. A short first novel brought him instant success, but his writing career was cut short by his arrest for alleged subversion against Tsar Nicholas I in 1849. 
So you can already see that he put a bit of his life into that guy's story. Right? If he didn't die from strangulation, it was going to be alcohol poisoning. In prison, he was given the silent treatment for eight months. Guards even wore velvet-soled boots. Just so he wouldn't hear anything. He couldn't even sense other human beings. Mm. Before he was led in front of a firing squad. Dressed in a death shroud, he faced an open grave and awaited his execution. He, This was a man that sat in front of an open grave with some people behind him with guns, waiting for the green light to shoot him so he falls in his grave. He was there in that moment, waiting to die, waiting to get a shot to the back of the head. That's got to be a crazy feeling knowing that you're about to die or you're supposed to die and then you don't. I don't even. Like, how do you fathom that? How do you come back from that? Like, that's a. Write some books, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Waited his execution when suddenly an order arrived commuting his sentence. He then spent four years at hard labor in a Siberian prison. Where he began to suffer from epilepsy, he only returned to St. Petersburg a full 10 years after he had left in chains. <laughs> These are different sort of eyes and ears. These are different senses that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. These are complexities that are way out of a lot of people's depths. There are certain people that just couldn't do these things if they tried because they just don't even have the capabilities to tap into the tools of observation mm-hmm. like this. Um, and so I thought I'd read a couple of those because, as always, and I'll talk about a little bit later as we get into some other stuff, that's sort of that's a lot of what I'm into mm-hmm. is seeing the intricacies and stuff. People especially in this day and age, speak a lot in headlines. Mm -hmm. They just slap a a one-liner there. And I have a very hard time. um, And you've seen me in this position before. You've seen me out at dinner and you felt like I wasn't having a good time. And it's because I just see a whole lot of one-liner slapped. In my mind, I'm I'm thinking of the, the subtext. I'm thinking of, all the intricacies that go into the way that people are looking at one another and thinking about things and saying things. And I feel like there's just so many things that aren't being brought into the conversation. So many real, true, calculable variables that that are necessary in order to truly, uh, I guess, shoot out the product or at least a closer to the a more accurate product. That, that that we that we need and it's 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 not happening so that's where that's where some of my frustration has come from in the past i've done a whole lot better with, with sort of letting it go and letting people be who they are and letting them in and good in meeting and meeting and meeting them where they are because i i've i have i've had to learn that just like People aren't just going to be observing things and being able to write them this way. And, and you know, I just kind of got yelled at the other day because I couldn't 
I, I didn't take initiative to just start putting stuff in a pot and start making stuff in the kitchen when the other person was making stuff in the kitchen. They're like, you don't ever take initiative to just like make the stuff like you need direction. And I'm like, who the fuck do you think I am? I'm not good at this. <laughs> I, I can't. I'm not. It's not that I don't want to. I'm not capable of doing that. Uh-huh. I can't do what you can do over there. Mm-hmm. I don't have that in me. So I'm going to need some direction. Mm-hmm. So in a, in a, in a lot of senses, this is the exact same, this is the exact same thing. I'm able to see a lot of mm-hmm. things. I'm able to sense a lot. So I just have to realize that that's my bag. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where I shine. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've do, I'm doing a lot better with meeting people where they are and just letting them express themselves and, and if they ask me things, then I give my two cents. But as far as me going out and trying to spread the good word about anything, aside from this podcast, it's not, I, I do not speak like this. <laughs> I think that's, a, I, I see the good in that. Yes. Um, because I'd hate for you to just exclude yourself mm-hmm. from things mm-hmm. because you don't, you you think the people that are going to, be there or the people you're going to be around aren't going to be quite on your level of consciousness and thinking. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because there's still ways to enjoy life outside of, you know, outside of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. But I think that's cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, you know what I've been thinking about? Honestly, what? I've been thinking to myself, how long, how long does this have? Oh yeah. How long does our relationship have? Yeah. Because I, I don't doubt that you may get to a point in your life where you continue to evolve where I'm not, I'm not going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought about this. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I've had other people ask, ask me, well, one other person in particular asked me that and, question. And yeah. I say that because I'd like to say that we're really good friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But we've said on this pod many times before that just because we have a history or just because you have history with someone, mm-hmm. Um, and you've been around said person for such a long time. A lot of times that's why, you know, you continue to right. maintain a relationship right. with those strictly people. off of the idea for old time's sake. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, you know, and I don't know that you, you don't, you don't necessarily have to answer this question. You may not. You oh no, I have the answer to it. Oh. I've been thinking about it as well. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. so, so the answer to that is, well, I've, you've heard me on the last podcast. I've been talking about my criteria, uh-huh. right. For even speaking to people on that sort of level. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I'd like to think that we all, we all have our gifts. We all have our, our ways of thinking. I have, I and will continue to talk about this. I have felt as though I've gotten to a point and I I I want this so badly to not be seen as fucking arrogant. I just I want it so badly because it's just so it's just so true to me. I I don't know how else to speak about it. But I feel as though I have gotten to a point in my life one that I'm beyond elated i'm beyond grateful for being here because i feel so liberated mm-hmm. in it and I, in it it's something that i feel like i've always wanted i feel like i finally got to a place that i've been waiting my entire life to get to mm-hmm. and it feels better than anything i would have even thought that it would have felt like and i'm only 30 
and I know what I need to do to continue this. So I'm just excited for the future as well. But I, I've been thinking a lot about magic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this, this podcast is getting crazy. I used to just talk about fucking girls. Like I used to, like this, this podcast used to just be about like fucking girls and when I just like sharing old stories. Like look what I'm talking about. Now. I just said that I've been thinking about magic. All right. So <clears throat> this level of observation I'm talking about from these chefs, these authors, these athletes, the artists. When I listen to certain people, like we'll talk about J. Cole, I feel like what some of these people are doing is just alchemy. Like they're just taking. And I already believe that there are mad things that we're not sensing because we are very limited human beings with very limited senses that see things on a certain bandwidth. Like we see a, a certain level of things. We didn't, we didn't, we couldn't pick up heat until we had heat vision. Mm -hmm. Right. And we couldn't see through bones until we built the technology to have x-ray mm -hmm. and night vision and all of these different, all these different things, you know, uh, the uh, cat scans to look into brain neural brain imaging scanning and all that sort of stuff. So I just feel like there's just a, a, a there's potentially a very vast array of things that we just can't sense. They're just going on around us. We got no idea about it. Yeah. And if we had any sort of idea about it, we might call it magical. Okay. That's the way that our minds would probably be able to conceptualize it. Since we don't really know what it is right now. Some of the things that we're doing today, if you had given it to some people, showed some people hundred years ago, 200 years ago, they'd be like, that's magic. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's really the same thing. Or sorcery. Or yeah, sorcery, magic, something otherworldly. Witch. Something. Burns you at the stake. Yeah, exactly. Something otherworldly that we're tapping into. Or, you know. Now, where where I have gotten this this new level of clarity that I've gotten to and equanimity. I, I've been looking at a lot of different things. People have been treating me a lot differently than they used to treat me mm -hmm. in life. So I've grown. Is that in good ways? Yeah. It may, amazing. Amazing. And, and that's why I don't want it to come off this way because I'm looking at this through a scientist lens. I'm looking at this through an observer's lens. It's not, it's not, it's interesting to me simply because I'm the subject, like I'm sort of the being in it, but it's not, it's not interesting due to the sheer adulation that I'm getting from other people. It's, it's not rooted in that. It's the fact that I know who I've been my entire life. And so to see growth happen in, in, I mean, for, a very long time now, but then the amount of growth that has happened in such little time almost seems unreal to me. It, I, 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 it's, I have a very hard time even conceptualizing how someone can grow so vastly in such a small amount of time. I don't, I don't recognize who that person was a year ago, mm -hmm. let alone three years or five years. And these these transitions, these transformations that are happening are happening 
so rapidly and so immensely that it's overwhelming Mm -hmm. because I feel like someone has gone over to like the supercomputer in my mind and just turned the dial up on everything. Just turned the dial up on like my sensory. Mm -hmm. Just everything that that I can sense and be a part of and experience, I feel like it's all on high. And that's just a wild feeling. And then seeing people tracking the way that people used to speak about me or feel being around me and seeing this transition, which, again, is is it's very comfortable. It's it's of of motivation. It's of, of inspirational element. It's of a it's of a. Uh, aspiring. It's of a. To some people, mentorship, it's a, a, a guidance. Is there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. And, and I'm super grateful for all of it. And I'm becoming this person. You, you know, we talked about it the other day. I got fried in the chat for something. And I thought... And no one would ever think about this, but I'm thinking, wow, I just got fried in the chat for no apparent reason. And that's okay. Like, it's sort of a thing that happens. But I thought, you know, I wonder what this person would feel like if they started saying nice things to people. Like, I just, I wonder, because I know how I feel now. And through meditation and a lot of other things, I don't necessarily feel as though I've been building someone that wasn't there. I feel as though I've been getting rid of all the shit that allows us from being who we truly are. Okay. I feel as though I've been moving away all the shit that embitters you as you go through life. And it's been allowing me to be the child that I once was before I experienced all the hurt and shame and guilt that comes with life. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I was a great kid. Like, I was a great kid. People loved that kid. Okay. Then I started going through adolescence. Things started getting weird. Mm -hmm. And then I became like an adult and things were weird. But we've talked about giving flowers before and how hard it seems to be for people to just say nice things to people Mm -hmm. and just say, man, like, you're really good at this. Or you're really amazing at this. You know what? You look really good today. Mm -hmm. You know what? This thing that you have, I'm sort of envious of it. I wish I had that quality. Like, that's really cool of you. Mm -hmm. Doesn't really happen. Doesn't doesn't really happen. Mm -hmm. And I found myself in such a place in a lot of times, again, in all this analysis of who I've been becoming, I sense the, the growth in me, but I don't necessarily always know how it looks on the outside. So then when people tell you it's interesting, I went back to work after the quarantine and the guy said, hey, Earl, man, I've been I've been watching you for a few weeks now. Before quarantine, like you were you were always in everyone's face. You were running around. You were talking to people like you were always high energy. And it's not that like you're not cool now. You don't welcome conversation, but you're just you just like more reserved. Like you just kind of to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting observation and he wasn't the only one that told me that Mm -hmm. and i hear it all the time it's because i don't 
Because I was being a performer. But why was I being a performer? Why did I want to go places and have it be the Earl show? Like, why did I want to do that? I was, I was looking for something. Mm-hmm. I was looking for that adulation. I was looking for, for gratification. I was looking for acceptance. I was looking for the laughs. I was looking for attention. I don't care. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care, but I was, I was clearly looking for that. Mm-hmm. And so with that comes this undeniable sense of security. And it helps me further realize I knew before, but more in a logical way than in a, in a more emotional uh, foundational way that that's, that's what's stopping us from, from saying these nice things to people. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense why you, why you wouldn't. It doesn't because it feels great to do it. And it feels great knowing that you made that person's day. Mm-hmm. Someone made my day the other day. It was amazing. Someone told, said some shit to me. I had ne- We don't even talk like that, but they were telling me how they think the world of me and how they feel like I could go and have any position in, in the place that I work at if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And it's just because it's something that they see in me and something that clearly everyone else sees in me. Mm-hmm. I'm not just saying these things just to say these things. I'm just saying this is what someone told me the other day. And I had to try to process this. And I told this person later on, I was like, I just I wanted to cry just now. I I don't even know how to process what it is you're telling me. I've never been this person before. So I don't even know this is I'm feeling things on a different level. And I I, it's crazy that you would say these nice things to me. I don't remember the last time I heard someone say, think the world of, Mm -hmm. and then it's like, it's hard for me to process that people are engaging with this being the way that they are, because I've never felt this like this, but like recently, like in, yeah, recent months last year, but it, but it's, but it's, it's, but it just, it gives and it gives because I give it and I get it back and it just it's just renewable. It just keeps happening that way. So, yeah, getting fried like that is just, it, you know, that's why I say to you, listen, we all need healing. We all need healing. That's why, like, I, I, I can't even be upset at it. I, I can't even. I've reached a place. I don't even get upset at that because I complete. I understand exactly why. It's OK. <laughs> it is OK. Like maybe one day we'll get there. Maybe we won't. But I understand what it is. I'm sorry that you that you are dealing with whatever hurt it is and whatever whatever hindrances and uh obstacles it is that you have that that are blocking you from just saying the things that you want to say to people. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm really am sorry for that for whoever is feeling that way that when you feel like you can't say nice things about someone and give them their praise because you feel like it'll make you lesser of a person, it'll make you feel like you're not that good to acknowledge that someone else is good. Mm-hmm. That's a I'm, that's a very sad place, and I'm sorry for those people. <laughs> I really am. I truly, truly am. You know, it's 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 interesting because, uh, um, I don't know. When I look at you, i I see I see the confidence. You know, I see the you know you're you're a smart guy. Um, but it's interesting hearing you talk this way, as if you know. It's not very often, I, I should say, that I, I'm not going to say not very often because we do this. We we do it on here a lot. 
but I guess it's still just very interesting to me because I've watched you change over various amounts of years. It's interesting at this point in your life to see you kind of show a certain vulnerability. Like Mm -hmm. there's something that, that there's something out there that's happening that you don't necessarily like. It doesn't make you feel good. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that sounds crazy or ridiculous or just the way that I worded it, but I guess for the most part, I'm used to the, to the, you know, I am Earl, hear me roar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for you to say how, you know, you feel like you don't necessarily get the praise that you feel like you deserve or the, the, you know, like, I'm not saying you're chasing compliments or anything like that, Mm. but you just feel like the generosity that should come with a certain, with certain things isn't necessarily there. And it's, does that make sense? Um, I mean, right now, you think that that's what I'm saying? That I'm not getting like certain like, generosity given well, to I me? Well, I guess, I guess, you, I mean, you're simply, I guess you're saying that why aren't people saying nice things? Like, oh, no, it's not, it's not just to me. It's just, just in general. Just in general. Okay. I, I don't, th- before this person said this thing to me, it took them a, a while. They had to build up the courage to do it. The the person that said they think the world of you? Yeah, they okay. came up to me. They're just like, listen, I, I want to tell you something. And then they're just like, listen, you know, you've been doing a really great job and watching. And then they just stopped and looked at me. And <laughs> it was like a seven second thing. And I was just looking at them. <laughs> and then I said, listen, I think that whatever it is you want to say right now, I can tell that you have great intentions in your heart. And there's clearly a certain level of openness and vulnerability that you have to get there in order to say it. And I don't want to force you to say it because this seems very hard for you right now. Mm -hmm. So know that I already appreciate what it is you have to say Mm -hmm. and why it is you feel like you have to say it, but let's, let's leave for now. And you come back to me if ever you want to say what it is you had to say. Yeah. And, and we walked away five minutes later, they come, they're like, no, we're doing this now. Like I I gotta, I gotta say this to you. (laughs) And then they pull me off to the side and they're just like, I, I think the world of you, like you're, you're amazing. And they, they start saying these things. So it's, I understand why people don't say these things. It's there's, there's a lot of social awkwardness, social incompetence, hurt things that people go through because you go through life. And was, ma- was this person like closer to your age? Um, a little older than me, a little, a little bit older. Yeah. Older than me. I could, I could understand that aspect too. Them being you being younger, but but see, but see, that's the thing is, the, these things that stop us from having these conversations are nothing mm-hmm. really, but they're the things that we go through life learning have maybe hurt us in the past. Maybe opening up and telling people good things about them came back and bit you in the ass because maybe they just hit you with a yeah, I know, like. And then you felt like they cheapened what, how it is you came out of your heart and presented it to them. Yeah. And you were like, you know what? Well, I'm going to just stop doing that. Because every time I, I compliment somebody, they just say, yeah, I know, or whatever. Maybe I'm, I'm, maybe if I, if I say this to someone that looks confident already, mm-hmm. it just blows up their head. And I don't even want to be well, the, sometimes it does. Yeah. And I don't even want to, but the funny, but the thing is, it, it doesn't matter. Mm hmm. It shouldn't, it shouldn't matter because the reason that you told that to them 
that should be what matters. Now, if you told it to them for the right reasons, meaning you just wanted to show them love and admiration for whatever quality it is you happen to be calling out in the moment, Mm -hmm. then that's done. And that was you did your part. They have to deal with being self-centered in in responding to things like that. Mm -hmm. They have to go to sleep at night with that. And that's their own issue that they're going through. Them saying that it's not cool. They, like, there's something that's going on inside them that has them responding that way. And it's not a generous, fruitful way of being. Right. I can promise you that. Definitely right. forgot to text him. But it's not, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good for people to be in that situation responding that way. <laughs> so, like, I'm, I don't, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's, 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 that's that's what I got on that. Okay. Yeah, that's right. that's that's what I got on that. All right. But it's I mean, it's an interesting it's an interesting trajectory. It's an interesting shift in, in perception for me, but uh we we'll, we'll even get further into that when we get into the meaningfulness card. All right. Yeah. But I but I definitely don't want you thinking that or anyone thinking because I went through a lot and you I guess surmised it as I'm I'm Feeling like there are trophies that aren't being given to me for how great I am. That's not at all okay. what I the, just, it's not at all what the premise of that right, with that of that right. monologue I was pro- at all. I have I sometimes I have these thoughts in my mind. I don't necessarily know how to project mm. them. Mm, yeah. Um because I didn't want you to think that when I said that it mm. was I, I didn't want you to think it was like something like, oh, Earl feels this want or need for that. You know. But that's that's so, what it was when I was running around trying to be in people's uh, face. Like that's what that was. But it's more of a it, there's a lack of it in general. Yeah, there's a lack and, of people saying yeah, nice things to yeah, other people yeah, 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 in the yeah, world. Okay. Yeah, that exists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I got you. Um, what do you got? Well, w- earlier you were talking about uh, the gentleman in this book about how he was about to be fired upon in a firing squad. Yes. Um. One. Oh boy. <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> One. Um, I heard about them trying to bring that shit back. Firing squad. Oh, where? Uh, in the US. It was in some very specific state. I'm I, I don't remember it. what state it was, but they were talking about bringing- Y'all be getting wild down there in Texas, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm not just gonna put it on them, but you know. <laughs> um but what do you think about the death penalty in general? Like, are you more of an eye for an eye type of nigga? Or, <laughs> or do you think it's inhumane? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's gonna, it's, this is gonna get weird because uh, I'm just no authority. Mm-hmm. I'm just no authority. I think that what's gonna happen is what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. There are gonna be people that are always gonna be against it and say that an eye for an eye leaves world blind, mm-hmm. right? And then there are gonna be people that say, well. How do we truly reprimand these people if if the if the reprimandation is not up to snuff? Like what what is a meaningful enough? Uh, I guess I don't know. Nothing's gonna undo what happened, even if this. Well, nothing. Is, well, yeah. th- well. So that's that's a thing. So at the end of the day, the objective is what are we trying to truly? rehabilitate this person or is it just give them the most crucial punishment of all time because if that's the case we just torture people for as long as they live yeah i i I mean i don't know exactly what it is we're trying to do like i don't know what the objective is if it's rehabilitation then that's death ain't the way to do it right (laughs) right and it's even more interesting like 
you know, like they'll bring people in to witness the death of this person. Mm. You know, they watch them through the little glass window. Yeah. Have a little audience. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They read them their rights, have a, a priest come in, pray over them for about three minutes. Mm hmm. Like, what is that? Like, is that really doing something for the family? Are they just, oh, yes, he's finally dying. Oh, for the, oh, for, yeah. Like, we're talking about a murder trial. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Some people want to see that person fry. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we feel like that is true justice. Mm -hmm. I'm just, there's going to be a pocket, pocket of people that think that person has to die. Mm-hmm. My my child or whomever died, mm. this person's got to go. Mm. Them going to jail for a few years isn't going to do it. Like that's not, yeah, that's not equal. Like that's just not real few, justice. Just a few years, um, <laughs> yeah, just a few, just you know, ten of them things, yeah. and you good to go. Continue living your life. <laughs> yeah, I, whatever it is. But the thing, but the thing is, <laughs> afterwards, I'd be I'd be interested to know how those people feel. Yeah. Like, do they feel like true justice was, was served? Do they feel like it made them feel better to sit and watch it? I've also heard people say on the other on the other side of the spectrum, I don't want this person to to die. That yeah, I've heard a lot of that. Too. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like that's the route that we that we need to take. I understand that they did. Imagine being the type of person that could forgive and go and go see that person in prison and say, yeah, like you killed my dad mm -hmm. and may i don't know how long it takes this person to get to that point but saying i forgive you now, are you talking about someone that's maybe it was an accident or are we talking about something that was very malicious i did it and i liked it <laughs> <laughs> are they <laughs> well, well, well here's the well here's the thing at the end of the day I love it's, 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 it's again, it, again, it is the objective, uh -huh. right? Now, this is going to be very rarefied air that I'm speaking from, and no one's really going to give a fuck about this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Mm -hmm. What is the point of forgiveness? Like, what, what are you, what are you trying to do there? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if we're talking about harboring hate inside of your soul, who does that hurt? The person that's harboring. Okay. So that's one. Okay. And two, I I I just had this this conversation with someone. Oh yeah, we just had a close one of mine go off because they were wronged by some people in their life. Okay. And they want now the worst for those people mm -hmm. is what was relayed to me. Mm -hmm. Fuck them. They going to get what's coming to them, blah, blah, blah. And just like you were talking about the, the gatekeeping last episode, I understand it. That's why I'm telling you this, this level of equanimity is washed over me. I just understand people. I just get it now. And it allows me to walk through with that weight lifted. Mm -hmm. I have surmounted that. Mm -hmm. So... You want that person to fry. You want to kill them. You want them to go through suffering for the rest of their lives. I understand. That's just not me. Mm -hmm. They could have wronged me in the worst way, but but now, so now, my soul has to be. 
irrefutably corroded for the remainder of my existence because of that. And now I have to to live a dismal life. Mm-hmm. No. And and I know that I don't want to become that same person that they are. Mm-hmm. I because I know what that I know what that feels like. I know what it looks like. I know the repercussions of it. Because clearly they went off and did some fuck shit and killed somebody. Mm. Why would I want to willingly get any closer to that ideology? Why would I want to get any closer to that sense of seeing things? Mm. Because I know I just talked about civic duty on the last spot. I know that there's a ripple effect. We have much more of an impact than we think that we do. You don't need the followers. You don't you don't need the spot on TV or the huge YouTube page. You don't need the subscribers. We all have an impact. And I think that that's a huge reason why people do a lot of the fuck shit that they do because they don't recognize the impact that they have. They're just like, what are you talking about? It's just me. I'm just this small person in a small town doing this small stuff. You have no idea. So you go off and you you live a fuck life because you don't think about the, the burden. You don't think about the responsibility that you're in, in the ripple effect that your actions have on the rest of the, the your you, your family, the community you're around, the acquaintances, just just small shit. I had a friend the other day was like pulling out of their driveway or their neighborhood, and they maybe you know ran a stop sign or did did something they weren't supposed to be doing, some traffic violation. And this person in this other car was a chick. She was like, "Fuck you, bitch." Fuck you! And, you know, like, what do we, like, I, I, I get it. I do. Yeah. But that's an issue with regulation of emotion. Uh-huh. Nothing happened. Something terrible could have happened. Mm-hmm. Nothing did, though. But now you're at a place where it's fuck you, you bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't, that, but like I said, emotional regulate. Nobody's gonna give a shit about what I'm talking about. Emotional regulation, forethought, foresight. What ramifications come from your outburst? Any of your any of your choices on a day to day basis? People are more so thinking, well, if other people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, why the fuck should I? If other people don't care, why the fuck should I? Okay. If they don't give a fuck about me, why should I give a fuck about them? And I understand it. Do I agree? Not in the slightest. That's not how I live my life. Right. Because I, 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 it doesn't feel good for me to feel that way. If people were more in tune with the way that they felt, they would realize that whether it's just frying people for no reason in the chat or it's just screaming these things at people that may have done you wrong, whatever, it doesn't. It, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't settle inside. Mm-hmm. When you go and you deal with yourself alone from everyone else and you done playing the part for everyone else and you go home, just just think about those moments and think about how you feel about the part that you played in it. Okay. And make you feel good? I, I mean, if so, you, I mean, you're probably a psychopath. <laughs> I don't think that it should sit well with you. And I think that we're all dealing with so much pain that we don't even know it's there. And we certain if we do know it's there, we certainly don't know the reasons as to why it's always there. But this is this is one of those this is one of those moments because you're not being a serviceable person. Mm-hmm. You're not being generous with your words. You're not being generous with your actions. Everything is about you because you feel like everyone else is about them. So you just follow suit 
and you say, well, I'm just going to do the same thing they're doing. Mm -hmm. It takes a certain type of person to say, well, no, my morals and my principles, my level of integrity is going to rise above what everyone else is doing. I'm not going to do that. Okay. So I I like it. So like I said, I get it. I get it. It ain't me. I'm not living like that. I bring it up because um, I came across a story in which I was, I don't know. I was a little taken aback about it. I was, it has to do with the death penalty. It's about a man named uh, Liddell Lee uh, who was executed four years ago uh, because he was convicted of killing this, uh, this white woman um, beating her to death with a, a tire thumper. I actually don't know what the hell a that tire is. Thumper. That's, that's what it was. That's what the article said. That's just a definitely, tire. that's just definitely sturdy. Yeah. It sounded like a crowbar or something. I don't yeah. know. Um, but recently, uh, DNA was lifted off the murder weapon uh, that was not his. Okay. Um, and during the trial, there were no fingerprints of his on the weapon. Um, what I read doesn't necessarily tell me why he was convicted, but it's starting to look like after the fact that he it, this might not have been him. Mm. Um, so that was four years ago. And I wonder if things were looking pretty bad and he just took a plea deal. It was just like, ah, they were just like, a, listen, a plea deal. They were just like sentenced to death. Oh, oh, I'm so, oh yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what was worse than the plea deal? <laughs> God. <laughs> Nigga, what is they was, worse? They was, they was just gonna come to they was just gonna come to a cell and beat the shit out of him every day. <laughs> he was like, you know what? Just go ahead and kill me. Fuck that. I, y'all not just gonna be in sitting there. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe life, no parole, all solitary confinement. Maybe that <laughs> velvet sold boots walking past. No, 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 no. Well, but, yeah, that's interesting. I was reading something and. It was talking about the right to due process um, and how that's violated with executions. Due process rights are basically the guarantee that a person has the right to fair application of law before they can be imprisoned, executed or have their property seized. This concept is responsible for all the procedures that guarantee a fair trial, no matter who you are. So when you start thinking about it. If indeed this man did not commit this murder, because this is not my line of work. I am not a lawyer. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say Mm -hmm. he is innocent. I'm not going to say that. Yes. But if he indeed did not commit this murder and has been executed already, his due rights, he didn't get that. He didn't get that. And I'm just like, well, damn, how do we how do how do you fix that? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you... How do you rectify it? Yeah, how do you rectify it in this particular situation? Because we hear... Oh, I don't know about you, but I hear about... I hear all the time, you know, I read certain articles about men that have been imprisoned for 30, 40 years, and then, you know, turns out they didn't do it because of some sort of DNA evidence that came up or something like that. Mm. But in this situation, you can't get this man out of jail. You can't get this man out of jail. Um, his dying, his dying words were, his dying words were, I am in, I'm an innocent man. Ooh. Oh, 
his dying words were, I am an innocent man. And I'm just like, wow. So if it turns out after the fact that this man didn't do it, this shit is just all fucked up. Like, it's all fucked up. So, and it just makes me think like, well, damn. Execution really shouldn't have been the answer in this case. <laughs> like all the right. Um, I'm going to read you a, a small part of this. Uh, small part of this story. Um, yeah, execution really wasn't the way to go here. Um, <laughs> and so here we go. Governor Asa Hutchinson defends Mr. Lee's execution. This is after the fact, after this new information has been brought to light. Right. It's my duty to carry out the law, he said, adding the fact that the uh, adding that the fact is that the jury found him guilty based upon the information that they had. They didn't have all the information based on the information that they had, but they didn't have all the information. My nigga, I brought this up to you the other week when we were talking about the army sergeant that was pushing a little black kid around his neighborhood. Yeah. And I was saying the whole black community jumped on this dude. You mm-hmm. had fucking Atlanta A&T going through the neighborhood, <laughs> playing tubas and saxophones and shit. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm like, we don't know what this kid was doing. Mm-hmm. But, at, but because of how sensationalized this this platform, this social climate is right now, it's, oh, we love this. We love to see it. We love to see... Like, we don't know mm-hmm. if, if, if indeed he was just being a racist asshole, which I'm not convinced he was, mm-hmm. but if he was, still don't need the, the, the marching band through the whole thing, because there are mad <laughs> people that live in that neighborhood that had nothing to do with it. So, so, still don't need the marching band, uh-huh. but we still deal with it a certain way. But... These accusations, the, the shit matters. Mm-hmm. Shit matters. Mm-hmm. People are just too quick. Like I said, he- people are into, and I might get this copyrighted, headline thinking. That's just the way people are built. They just read headlines. And like you said, you do, you doing a lot of your, a lot of your literature is your Twitter, mm-hmm. right? Mad headline thinking. I try to make sure I read the articles though. Well, that's nice. You know what I'm <laughs> that's nice. That's that's really that's I've, really I've good. I've tried to grow Subtext away. matters. I've tried to grow away from just reading a headline and just getting fucked up about it. Yeah, headline you know headlines are good. Subtext is good. Reading between the lines, it's all good. But th- these things have to be like got to be a more discerning person. And another thing I have a question about as far as the death penalty goes is. Why do why do niggas be in jail for like ten years before they execute them? Like that doesn't make sense to me. Like if you're gonna sentence this nigga to death, like what is the weight? Well, that's what you mean. That's a part of the punishment. Like like you, like you you would you would much rather get killed. You see you mm-hmm. as the person. If you went off and did some fuck shit, you would like to be killed tomorrow. <laughs> I, as the judge and the jury, the executioner, uh, we not worried about what you would like. <laughs> you gonna get the full extent of this. You gonna get the full extent of this. Uh-huh. We gonna make you sit there and we gonna put you in solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. We gonna let some of the guards and some of the other inmates beat on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, gonna, we gonna take your food away every now and again. We gonna fuck with you for a good 10 years uh-huh. and then we're gonna kill you. That's what it is. It's a, right, it's another right. way of, uh, it's, that's torture. I guess in the, you know, they probably, which is worth than the death, which is worse than the death penalty is torture and then True. the death penalty. True. So that's what that is. Yeah. But apparently in, uh, in this case, um, 
they sort of rushed the uh the the killing him part of it mm. because the supply of drug that they use to uh you know to, yeah, to administer inject, yeah yeah apparently it was going to expire mm. so they kind of put a rush on this man uh taking this nigga out hey yo what it, yeah what's what's the expired dose look like like when you like if you hit somebody with that and they just like uh, like what <laughs> This is fucked up. Oh What's God. the expired dose does somebody? Because it still gotta fuck you up. Yeah, I, like, I it imagine it's it ain't still just it don't just turn to water. Like it's gotta <laughs> hurt you. And I'm assuming like, oh my gosh, right? I'm I'm surprised they didn't hit him with that dose and just let him sort of sit on that for a little bit and then, and then cycle back for a second <laughs> dose like the vaccine, like the COVID vaccine. Oh my! Be like we gonna get you a second dose in a couple weeks. <laughs> Go ahead and sit on that for a while, buddy. <laughs> This is terrible. Um, it is. That's crazy. Especially right. for the fact that he might not have done this. Yeah. 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 We yeah. can't. Yeah. We can't be yeah. laughing. At that. That's, that's like serious. That. That's yeah. No, nah, that is serious. Yeah. That's serious. Yeah. Um. All right. I'm gonna move on to something else here. <laughs> that's crazy. So we were indeed talking about gatekeeping last week. Mm-hmm. Um. And when we talked about it, you know, you had your view on it. Um, so last week we spoke about gatekeeping, keeping things away from people. Maybe we'll put white people in parentheses here. Um, and you said you didn't necessarily agree with it because it didn't do anything to help, uh, people understand black people in a way that we can somehow create some camaraderie or understanding. If I'm wrong, correct. Uh, yeah. I just want to just make sure I'm, yeah. I'm glad you gave a space because I want to say something very specific and okay. make sure that everyone that maybe didn't understand me, like you may not have uh-huh. to understand me here. It's very sound logic. I think I'm working with mm-hmm. here and, and I've heard before. If you are on a, if if your plight, no matter who it is you are, you black, brown, purple, red, yellow, you gay, you bi, you're straight, you're transgender, you're not, you're you're Republican, you're Democrat, whatever it is, whatever side you you uh you took the vaccine, you're anti-vaxxer, whatever little dumb denomination you want to be a part of, whatever little tribe you want to be a part of. Fine, whatever, do your thing. Like I said, y'all can go live your lives the way you want to. Be in whatever tribe and fight whoever it is you want to. My thing is this. If you say the problem here, we can say in America, we can say anywhere. The problem is, and we're talking about problems and solutions, all right? We're talking about problems and solutions, (laughs) complexity and frustration that comes with that, okay? (laughs) The problem is, Y'all, whoever that is, Mm -hmm. don't understand. Y'all don't take the time to understand. Y'all don't see us for who we are. And because of that, we are oppressed. We can't get jobs the way that y'all want us to because y'all don't understand us. You don't understand our names. You understand why we like to listen to music we listen to, why we dance the way we do, why we do any, why we rear our children the way we do, why why any of this is happening. Y'all don't understand that is the problem. Mm -hmm. Y'all need to include us. It's all about inclusion these days, right? Mm -hmm. Y'all need to include us. That's true equality, inclusion. Now. I've been asking this question for quite some time. Are we looking for equality or are we looking for supremacy? 
do we want to be greater than or do we want to be equal? That's a real question people should ask themselves. Mm -hmm. Now, if that is the problem, if you're someone saying that that is the problem, then I don't know how you also say, but we're not going to let them know about this, though. We're not going to nah, keep this away from them. Keep this away. They don't need to understand this. They don't need to know about this. This is going to be hours and hours only forever. Mm -hmm. Y'all will never understand us. You'll never understand what it's like to be a blank. Fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. You can't. You've never walked a day in my shoes. You never had to walk in my skin. You'll never know what it's like. You'll never understand at all what it's like to be me as a. Fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. How do you say both of those things? Because without any understanding, without having the conversation and letting everyone in on everything and trying to achieve equality that way, what we have is war. Hmm. There's nothing else there. Okay. There's, there's no, we don't have another little planet that just, we don't have a bunch of other different planets that a bunch of other people can just go to and just be like, okay, well, I'm going to just go live on this planet. Y'all can live on that planet. We'll live on this planet. We can't, we, we can't do that. We all living on earth. So if we're going to find a way to live here together, cohabitate, coexist, it has to be through communication and understanding. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand how you say both of these things. It, it is, it is by definition, it is illogical. It does. It makes no sense. And if you're a person that is saying both of these things at the same time, you, I implore that you reassess your thought processing, mm -hmm. your epistemology, your why you think you know what you think you know. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. It does not compute in my brain. Okay. That is, that is what I said. Well, I bring that up because I came across something else that just made me think, well, in this instance, I think that we do want certain people to understand, but they're just simply not allowing it on their end. They don't want to understand, which may be the complete opposite of what we were talking about last time. Yes. Um, so Tennessee lawmakers have passed a bill that will that would withhold funding from schools when students are taught about systemic racism and white privilege. Um, that is a huge part of what's happening in the world right now. Um, it's something that I certainly thought would make it into history books in the next five or 10 years. It's something that would be a topic, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, but in Tennessee and actually in a few other states, they're passing similar bills that won't allow funding for certain schools that are teaching kids about systemic racism, oppression and white privileges or just certain privileges that are allotted to certain types of people. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought to myself, well, damn, in this situation, I think that we are trying to give people a certain understanding that don't understand what systemic racism and white privilege means to others. Like we're in the, we're in our schools. We're trying to teach our children about what the hell is going on in the world so that they can come up and have a better understanding of the world that they're going into because racism exists. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
white privilege, I th- I'd like to say exists. Mm. Um, and I thought that was a little crazy. Um, like you, you're, you're going to take funding away for giving these kids a certain knowledge that I, that I'd like to say that they should know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was funny because one of the, one of the, one of the, one of the guys that helped pass this law said he received a letter from a concerned, um, mother who, who's a white woman, um, that said her daughter came home and was just feeling depressed and ashamed that she was, that, that she had white skin because mm-hmm. of all this, all the stuff she'd been learning about white privilege, mm-hmm. um, and systemic racism and oppression. And honestly, I thought to myself, boo fucking who? Okay. Um, I think that, sure, do you feel uncomfortable? Okay. That's okay. You know what I'm saying? A lot of great things come from uncomfortable feelings. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How do you guys, how do, how do, how do people expect to fix these types of problems without things getting a little uncomfortable? You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, let me. So I'm. So th- these are just some notes that I typed um, after reading this. I was like, they're trying to teach kids the truth when it comes to uh, systemic racism and white privilege. They're trying to show people why they feel this way, how it affects them. Trying to get people to listen and understand, see things from a different perspective. And what do they do? They trying to shut that shit down. Mm. Um. And. I think it can also it can be so tiring trying to just be the bigger person, turn the other cheek mm. um, as people of color have had to do for a long time. Mm. Um, and and as far as the girl talking about, you know, she feels ashamed of being in her white skin. Well, it makes me think about how for centuries I think a lot of black people have been ashamed and probably still are now of being black because being a black person has just been for a long time. It's, it's been put in the shithole of everything. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. It may, it just made me think about the whole gatekeeping thing. It's not to necessarily refute Mm -hmm. what you were saying, but in this instance, I think that we are trying to, or people are trying to speak up, Mm -hmm. trying to make, Others understand that this is a real thing. Mm. It affects us negatively. Mm. Um, this isn't good. It's not going to create any type of equality. These things need to be known and they need to be heard. And I just think it's so outlandish and crazy for them to try to take funding away from schools for trying to teach kids this stuff. Mm. Cause this is real. This mm. is real. This ain't no, this isn't some made up shit. This is real. That's what I got to say about that. <laughs> like I, it, I, like I just can't understand. Like, like I can't understand how you do that. How and 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 of course, the group of people that came up with this bunch of white guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it just, you know, it just puts people. It puts people fighting for equality and change. It just puts them a step back because the people that are in power don't, don't care and don't agree with the shit that they're talking about. And they're willing to go through these lengths to Mm. take funding away Mm. to, to make 
to give you less opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they don't want they don't want you teaching about this shit because it makes little white kids feel bad about themselves. I think it's I just think it's fucking insane. It's very interesting bills being passed. Um I think it's an interesting subject in general. Uh it's 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 layered like an onion. Yep. It is. It's, it's layered. complex and it is frustrating. It is yeah, yeah. There there there's certainly problems, there's solutions. <laughs> <laughs> the you know there's so much to say about this. There was so much just said right now. And I don't know how much we want to. We're at two hours right now. Damn, already? Yeah, I don't know. How, I've done a lot of. Shit. I've done a lot of chat, and I don't know exactly how much. I might need to come back to this one. I mean, that's cool. I might need to come back. We came because, back to gatekeeping today because so. because I have a lot to say about that. I have a lot to say about it. I've listened to everything you said, and as as it may not surprise certain people, I do not agree with everything that you've said. Okay, and so I think it'd be. Maybe it'd be a great little cliffhanger to just leave people with that. All right. <laughs> uh, leave some people upset with me <laughs> even before saying, hearing what I have to say about it. All right. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back. We'll come back to that one. All right. We'll come back to that one. Let's do, let's do this meaningfulness card. Let's talk about mayor of East town. All right. And let's get the fuck out of here. All right. So are you going to save the J Cole thing for next time? Shit. Yeah, matter of fact, let's save the J. Cole right. thing so you can list because yeah, I don't yeah. want to just read the lyrics. Maybe you can listen yeah, to yeah, it too. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. All Plus, right. I don't think that from what I've seen, I've heard Rap Genius talk about it. I mm-hmm. believe uh, I think maybe Complex or Rap Genius did something on YouTube, and people are dissecting it and stuff like that. So like Antebellum, mm-hmm. I haven't heard anyone say anything close to what I have to say about it. So I don't think that that'll that'll emerge in the next week either. All right. So. So we'll we'll leave we'll leave J. Cole for next week. All right. Interlude. I can't wait for that album. Um Okay. All right. Where we at? Where we at? Meaningfulness question. Meaningfulness question being what risk are you happy that you took? Um the risk it you know, it took me a long time yeah. to really well, it didn't take me a long time to come up with what I'm about to say, but I did think about this a lot because, as I've said on here a lot, I don't take a lot of risks. <laughs> I don't. I don't take a lot of uh, risks. That's great. I love that all these words in this word association can't found its yeah. way. I told you it would <laughs> risk. Go I, for it. I don't take a lot of risk, so. What I'm about to say may not seem too risky to some. <laughs> okay, but, but to you? To me, I thought there was some risk involved. Okay. So we already talked about how I decided to go back to school. Yes. Um, And how that's something that I felt like was going to be a challenge for me. Congratulations on the end of your semester. Thanks. Yes. Thank you. Um, But I, I don't know if I said it on here or not. Maybe I have, but I've, I've talked about taking more classes. Yes. Extra classes, extra classes. I saw that as a risk um, because knowing me, knowing how I go about things, I'm like, Keon, you going to take another class? Like, are you going to be able to, are you going to keep up with that? Are you going to have time? Are you going to procrastinate? 
Are you going to want to do this? That's the word I was looking for. Wait, waiting for you to say procrastination. Yeah. I was waiting for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big procrastinator. Um, <laughs> you said it on yeah. here plenty of times before. I, I suck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I took a risk and I'm happy I did it because I passed all my classes. I I got above a 3.0 GPA for the semester. Um, and it was I was really fucking proud of myself yeah. that I was able to do that. That risk paid off. And next semester, I'm going to take another class. Oh, another risk. Yes. Doubling up on the risk. I'm going to take another extra class. Okay. I guess so, we'll, we'll, we'll have to come back to this card after that semester. <laughs> <laughs> See how you felt about that risk. Wait, so what, how many classes would that be? Like what uh, so I took three this semester. Yeah. Next semester, I'm going to try to take four. So I take four. A full schedule is five. Yeah. I. Are you almost? We'll see if I can. All there. you got to do is, all you got to do is just not go fishing one of them days. <laughs> you know, I know that you look, you ain't even like that. <laughs> <laughs> Young P ain't like that, huh? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, that, that was, that was my risk. Uh, I I don't have to get as deep into this answer because I felt like a lot of it was taken up with a lot of the, the deep talk before. Mm-hmm. Um, the I've talked to a few people recently, very recently. Uh, I was actually talking to them about. They were asking me about the podcast, and I was telling them about this meaningfulness card of regret. Like, what did we learn from our biggest regret? That one. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, hey, you know, like, do you have you have any big regrets? And this person said to me, well, I, I try not to look at bad things in the past. So I wouldn't really know. Because if anything, if I look into the abyss of my mind, and I take a couple of dark corners and something alarms me that it's something deep and dark and traumatic from my past. I immediately U-turn and get the fuck out of there. Okay. So I, I, so I don't really look at my regrets from the past, like bad things that I've done that have got me to where I don't, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very interesting, especially to, that to me, that that takes the time to look at those things as often as possible. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting. Went on to tell me that that they've dealt with a lot of depression in the past. And then they did finally come back to me with an answer. And it was some some dark shit from their past. And I said, well, first of all, let me acknowledge that you decided to go do something you just told me you don't like to do and why you don't like to do it. So thank you for that. You didn't have to do that. And I want to acknowledge that you did that and say thank you for being vulnerable like that and opening yourself up. I thought, wow, if you... Stop looking at all the things that you have done wrong in life. I don't see how you continue to transform. Mm -hmm. 
I, yeah, because I mean, the word of thumb. I mean, the like, what's what's the statement? You learn from your mistakes, right? So, right, like you won't you won't shed that new skin or that old skin, and go through this metamorphosis without without that. Mm-hmm. And the shedding of the skin is the realization of these things that you did, and the the formulation and the understanding of what took place and why it took place, and processing the feelings and then letting it go. That would be the shedding of the skin. Mm-hmm. That would be the the butterfly or the caterpillar into the cocoon out as a butterfly. So my answer is the fact that I have continuously looked in the past and saw how I was shitty in every way, shape or form and tried to rectify that. And that has brought me to the conversation, like the sort of conversations that we're having today earlier. That is wild <laughs> to me. In every way, shape, and form, I felt like I've been trying to open up to people in general. Again, my my mom, friends, significant others, just people around me, myself. And I've seen what good that has done. Coming on the making this podcast, I've said it a few times. Like that was the start of the podcast for me, the advent of the podcast, the birth of it was strictly due to, well, I got laughed out the room when I said therapy to my family. So here we are podcast time. Mm -hmm. And then I made a podcast Mm -hmm. and I can only imagine some of these people probably like, listen, that, that are, you know, of the same class of people that would never say any of these things, especially not on a platform. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't say it to themselves. They wouldn't say it to anyone else. Like they don't want to see these things. Thinking, wow, like wow, why did why is this person saying all these things, recording all these things with their friend and putting them out for all of us to listen to? Like that, this seems like a lot. Seems like a lot going on. Now I've been conditioned this way. I couldn't see it going any other way. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see. I couldn't see myself as as <clears throat> as addicted as I am to transformation now in new heights of understanding, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I could never see myself closing myself off from anything, any of my faults it, right now in the present or in the past. I, I, I couldn't imagine it. So I just found it very, very mind boggling for someone to come out of the mouth and say, they don't, they won't do it. They do not think about any of those things at all. If they ever start to feel themselves, start to think about them things, they're out. They're done. They're changing the conversation or they're getting out of there. And that sort of fear that cripples you that way mm-hmm. is that, like oh it makes it makes me wonder, like, are these things just that fucking bad? Because, like, a lot of times you'll think like, oh, well, you know, hopefully we can look back on this and laugh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's just like, damn, you can't even laugh at it. But nah, nah, damn. nah. What the hell you be up to? <laughs> you can't even look back and laugh at it? <laughs> what, what? what the hell you be up to? Yeah, like, uh, I don't know who I'm talking to anymore. Like, yeah, you up, you on some other shit. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. crazy. And we we like those were your fingerprints on the tire thumper, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was you. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, 
Uh, all right, let's 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 go ahead and talk about this Mayor of Easttown episode real quick, man. Great episode. Love the show. Great episode. Love the love show. show. Love, love this um, fucking show. Goodness I'm, gracious. I'm going to start here. Go for it. That scene where Mayor's son and uh, the girl went in the bathroom to... Yo, Satchel didn't have any fucking money. What is this? What a- Yo. And then, like, the girl, I forgot, I can't think of her name. She's just staring over her like, stupid fucking bitch. It's, mm, I don't care if they were on drugs or not. Okay, I'm glad you said that because that's going to open up more conversation to this episode, but continue. At first, you start, you, you see Mayor plant the drugs you you just like damn Mary like that was fucked up. You see she trying to get better, right? You know what I'm saying yeah yeah yeah. That's that's a low blow. That's crazy. But if that type of shit was happening all the time, because I'm certain that wasn't the only time something like that happened. Right. If that type of shit was happening all the time, I get it. I understand why Mary feels that way. Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah, yeah, they were on drugs. Okay, but it's not like homegirl got clean. And came up to Mayor and was just like, hey, Mayor, I'm sorry about the things that I've done. You know what I'm saying? All she's talking about is your fucking son hated you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's all you got to say? Yeah. Well, we, well, I, I, I mean, well, we don't know what other sort of conversations they've had. It's only just what, what we see. Yeah. You know, and she said that to her because she feels as though she's having the only thing that she has left in her life, be- her son, uh-huh. being taken away from her by uh-huh. Mayor. And she's like, well, if I don't have this, I probably won't even have a a real enough reason to get clean. Mm-hmm. I'll lose my, if I lose my son, I'll be lost to this forever. There probably won't be a hope for me. Yeah, but it's just like, as mayor, I think it's just hard to look back on all that Drama I'm certain. and trauma. I'm certain. And just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can, you can have him. I, I, <laughs> yo, life is tough. <laughs> life is tough. Uh, I get it mm-hmm. for both of them. But is this, is it's, this where forgiveness comes in? It is. It is. It's, the, it's, it, no, listen, nobody said it was easy. Ooh. No one said that forgiveness was easy. Ooh. I get it. It's tough, but. You know, maybe if you if you've dealt with people that have been drug addicts mm-hmm. and then come out of it, they're not the same person. They're not working on the same schedule. It's 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 just a completely different thing. That's that they are overtaken by these drugs. It's it has them. They are completely wrapped with. With thirst, mm-hmm. it's like it's like hunger. Like you, you would never, you would never condemn someone that hasn't eaten for fifteen days for coming over and like snatching a sandwich out your hand and being like, "Get out of here, you fucking bitch!" and running away and eating that sandwich. If you knew that they hadn't eaten in fifteen, well, I haven't eaten in a couple hours. I, I need to get some food as soon as we get done with this. <laughs> we always talk about how we got to get some food after yeah, we're done yeah. with the pod. Yeah. If you knew that they hadn't eaten for 15 days, you'd probably be like, you know, go go ahead and have that sandwich. You should have that sandwich. It's this, it's the same thing. There's like this deep, gaping hole. But it's not just their stomach, it's like in their soul. That they need to be filled in the way that they've been filling it can only be facilitated in this moment by this drug. 
so and, so, and you, they're, so, so they're 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 animalistic. They're they're ravaging. They're like, I need this fucking money right now. So you would say, oh, go ahead, have the money. I know you need those drugs. No, no, absolutely not. Of course, I don't want them to have the money to do it. What I'm saying is. I understand why they were behaving the way that they were behaving. Oh, well, yeah, I understand that too. But I also think that as the drug addict or ex or recovering drug addict, you should still be able to look back on some of the things that you have done and Mm -hmm. see how they have affected other people. Well, that's a part of the 12 step process is you're supposed to be doing that. You're supposed to be making amends. I forget what step that is, but you're supposed to be writing down a list of the people that you've done wrong in the past and trying to make amends with them. So I don't know what step she's on, but but I guess just so far, it seems that she's really been nothing but a bitch. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you're no. not just gonna come in here. The, from and, what we've seen, she's been quite yeah, a bitch. Yeah, you're yeah. not just gonna come in here and just try to take take my grandson. Yeah, and and not acknowledge how you've hurt the, his family. Yeah, right. For I'm sure. part of his family. Right, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. you know, no. Listen, one one thousand percent. I I get it. I you know. I don't necessarily know about still playing outside those boundaries and planting drugs on a recovering yeah, addict yeah. like that. That's a I'm, little. Yeah, I'm not. That was still wrong. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not saying that wasn't wrong. Yeah, but but if I was married, I would still want custody of that child. Hey. Uh, yeah, like I I, I I get that on both on both yeah. sides. It's like I said, life is tough. Yeah, yeah, man. life is tough. And, yeah. and since we're on addicts at the, at the moment, let's just go on ahead and skip the Fred. Let's just go on ahead and get the Fred, man. I'm. S- I am so fucking tired of Fred. <laughs> see, I'm, I'm see, you are not, see, you're not fucking with these drug addicts. I'm like, because I'm tired of this nigga. I, <laughs> and then, and then, I know. He gonna walk in the crib, walk right past her, and be, what's her name? Deb? Is that her name? Deb? Dawn. Dawn? Yes. You gonna walk, oh, hey, Dawn. See you at our meeting uh, a couple of days from now. I'll see you there. <laughs> And then, like, it's so bad because it's ruining Bethy's marriage. Yes. But Dawn couldn't even come back and tell Bethy what happened. Nigga, that shit hurt me. Yeah, she she couldn't say anything. She couldn't even, like, say... Because that's some... Nigga, that's some gutless shit to to stage something like that. To stage... Yeah, to call someone that's going through cancer. Yeah. One. Two, their daughter's been missing for a year. They're still trying to find their daughter, and you called them staging as the kidnapper, mm-hmm. talking about come here and get your daughter back for five thousand dollars. It was yeah, it's like five thousand dollars. That's and, some gutless shit, dog. And and this is con. And this is your sister's like best friend. Yeah. <sighs> Nigga needed that heroin, bad. bro. That's <laughs> what I'm saying to you. The lengths that someone will be willing to go, they're not. The, you're you're like you're looking at it from from a, a sane person's standpoint that is that is weighing pros and cons and being considerate of people's feelings and in in ethics and morals values integrity Mm. discipline all of that shit is out the window nigga i'm trying to get high (laughs) fuck is you talking about (laughs) i'm trying to get high boy like that's the only way i know how to live (laughs) right now it, it, like I'll take this over a place to stay, over a hot meal, over water, over love. I, I love 
I love and will make love to this heroine, nigga. I, what you talking to me about right and now? And then, and then, like when Don saw him through the window, and he's all sorry, 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 Don. Like, oh man, she's just like Freddie. Sorry, Don. I'm fucking so- fucking sorry. This nigga been apologizing through the whole series. I'm tired of it. <sighs> it- He's ruining Bethy's marriage. He's about to ruin Don's life. He's already ruined his own life. He's ruined. I think in the beginning he he said that um, uh, he had like a family, yeah, like a wife and a kid or something. Ruin their life, bro. You you not you do <laughs> you not fucking with Freddie. You done. Yeah, over, you done. Yeah, I'm over. You done. There's on. There's only so many times you can help a person like that. And like I get it. Uh, That's your brother. I a, a, per, a person has to want to change. Yeah. Like, truly has to want I, to I change. I understand that that's your brother, Bethy. But this shit, he's taking you down with him. You want to go down? You want to yeah. go down? <laughs> Is that where you want to go, Bethy? You want to go down? Yeah. You want to ruin your marriage for it? Do you want to... She don't even know, but she you don't. To ru- she you don't to ruin. The well, the thing is, you, you don't know what you could be ruining. Is is the point? Is you could ruin your children's life, your, your family's life, your your friend's life, your life. You don't. You don't know what you're aiding right now. Yeah. You don't know what demise you're aiding. It's yeah in a in a betting. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's just pretty. It's, nah. It's pretty. It's pretty bad. I will also say, I'm so happy that. DJ picked that kid up and didn't smother and, him. And didn't smother him to death? Yes. Yes. Because yes. I didn't, because, you know, right before that, they were, he was all, get, get him the fuck out of here, Yeah, we, we don't know, get, he's, he's not ours. Get him the fuck out of here. You know what's funny is that he gets points for not smothering a baby to death. <laughs> it's like, like, how bad does a character have to be portrayed for us to be like, all right, Dylan. Like for us to be on his side for a second because he didn't kill a baby mm-hmm. in 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 the crib, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah. Like you're you're clearly in a bad spot. And then I'm also I'm sorry. Do you, I, I just keep throwing. No my no no. Go out. go ahead. Okay. Yeah yeah go ahead. I'm tired of Aaron's friend holding back information. <laughs> like tell them what. Uh, tell them the information. But, but we don't know. We don't. You saw the sneak peek. We don't know what part she plays. Yeah. She might play a bigger role in this than we Nigga, think she everybody is. Everybody might play a bigger role. Yeah, yeah, in I know. Everything. I know. I know. Because like when you saw her, they do a really good thing. Just just yeah, everybody that's looking out behind some curtains out of a window on a second story building looking at the people that they just came and just like had a visitation from. Okay, why 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 is this why are you showing us this scene? They do a really good job of making you wonder, does this person know more than they're giving? Yes. Cause even the part where um when Mare's like best friend and her husband were like chilling in the bedroom yeah. watching the news, and then the kid, their son mm-hmm. came in there, mm-hmm. they even just they pan the camera on him. Just a little like, too long. Yeah, like they they And it's like, what you think about? Yeah, like What's they, on your mind? Like they knew, like it just gives you this feeling like he knows something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and because this is such a small town, it doesn't. It it's not. You can't put it past anyone that they know a little something yeah. about something somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the funniest part of this joint was when uh, Siobhan brought the new girl in, and the old <laughs> girlfriend was sitting there on the couch, and she just started screaming at the top of her fucking lungs. She's better than you. Yes. <laughs> 
I, I keep forgetting the chick's name, but brown sugar is better than you. I'm sorry. Her, her, her skin is great. Her hair is great. She's not just high all the time throwing up on herself. Yeah. She got a little radio station that she DJs at. She seems like a nice person. Got her shit together. Level-headed. Yeah. She got her own whip. Yep. Nice one. That nice one. BMW truck. <laughs> <laughs> She's better than you. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Talk Period. About, talking about you. Yeah, I just I just wanted to come over to tell and her let how, her know how awesome let her know she how is. How awesome she is. She knows. Yeah, she knows. She knows. That's, That's why, why she left you. you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's why she left you. Yeah, You're way cooler uh, than you. And <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, the the priest is looking more and more like a goddamn suspect. I just don't. I still don't think he did it. Yeah, but he's not helping himself out. Yeah. At all. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. is being super shady. Um a, qu- a question that I got is from someone is do you feel like we have seen the kidnapper? Do you think that we know who the kidnapper is as of now? Now that we know that by the way this is a kidnapper because Katie Bailey is alive. Katie Bailey is alive, but Aaron isn't. So, Aaron had an interesting bout with this dude. She either fought back differently, uh-huh. something different happened because clearly these people aren't well, being caught just to be killed. But that's the thing. We don't know if they're connected though. I don't know, but they, they got, but they, they're all prostitutes. Uh-huh. Like it, 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 it seems like it is. But yeah, though. I know. I get what that, I get that. You know, so it, it seems just, like it just makes you wonder why he didn't throw like what? Like what, we, you know, exactly, you know, exactly. Why? Know why didn't why, she get back to the hangout? Yeah, why didn't she get back to yeah, to that to that yeah, place? Yeah, to the hub. Yeah, uh, something Mary's else tavern. happened. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> something else happened there. Um, yeah, Katie fucking Bailey is alive, right? She's so and, and been alive. alive for a year now. So he's yeah. not just in. Yeah, he's she, they're doing something. She looked terrible <laughs> in that room. I, I, they showed a quick glimpse of her face close up. Yeah, nigga, it looked like the, the nigga. Her eyes just look all black. Yeah, she looks used to look dirty. Bad. Like look like she ain't left that room in a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She definitely looks reminiscent of that chick that crawled out of the well from the ring. Right, it's getting it's getting to that. Like she yeah. stay in that room for one more year. That's who she's gonna be. She's like, yeah. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Katie. I'm Katie Bailey. <laughs> yeah, no one can hear you in here. Yeah. <laughs> like, like she okay with it? Like yeah, she's 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 broken. She's, yeah, she's exactly. broken. She, exactly. She been in there. She, she like broken. she know what it is. She just take the meals that the dude give her. She she probably talking to him by now. Yeah, what's going on out there? How, yeah, how things going? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. pretty. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But uh, um, love this show. Yeah, it's and and then uh, Mayor's ex husband is not the father. DJ is not the father. Yeah. Who's the father? Who's, who's the, who's Where the father? is this nigga? Mm-hmm. Who's the father? Is he involved? <laughs> and we kind of got glimpses of this dude, and he looked kind of big. He, he looked a little brawly. Yeah, kind he, of a taller He guy. looked like he was Frank. Frank may not have had sex with her, but maybe this isn't about sex. Right, right. I, we we may- know he was a white guy with kind of a short haircut. No, no. 
and and kind of brought like I didn't got see, some mass I to didn't him. See any facial hair mm. on the side of his face though. Mm. Frank keeps a beard. Um, did they show his? Did they give they, a glimpse they, of his? Like it was in the after, shadows. After um, she was like, "Oh, what is this? Your first time?" Oh yeah. Right before yeah. he reached over to start choking yeah, her, yeah, yeah. you saw the side of his face. It was a white guy, and the sideburns ended right there. Yeah. So now, if if Frank Sheehan. Shows up with no beard the next I time. Think, we see I him. think. I think that there. I think that there are going to be multiple people implicated in this. Mm-hmm. I think that this is not a one man operation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what. That's what I. Think. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, crazy, crazy show, but I, I'm into it. I'm, um, I also found out there are only seven episodes. I saw. Yeah, I know. It was like three episodes left. I was like, damn. Oh, they about to wrap yeah. this up in the next three episodes. These like next these three episodes going to be crazy. And it makes me think, like, I'm not even sure. Like, something, a lot of things are going to be figured out, but are they going to find Katie Bailey? I don't know if they're going to find her. We'll see. I, You know, again, person I'm watching it would ask me, do you feel like the reunion between Katie and Dawn is going to happen? And I think so, just because Dawn's such a beautiful character, because mm-hmm. she's clearly just a solid character that's gone through too much hurt. Uh-huh. She's going to have to have her resolution. Like, uh-huh. she's got to have that oh, resolve. And she's got a fucking grandkid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's going to have to come at a very high price. Yeah. In order for that resolution, for any any resolution that takes place for any person in this, there's got to be a big price that has yeah. to be paid. Uh, we're going to see, you know, Dawn keep that thing on her. She, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is now. I've seen that. Yeah. She keep that thing on her. Uh, all right. I'll read this, this meaningfulness question that I just pulled, and all then right. we can get out of here. Last words. Okay. Meaningfulness question for next week. Mm-hmm. What or who are you grateful for? Okay. Easy. Yeah. We can get to that easy. Yeah. Let's try to make it something we haven't necessarily touched on too much before. Okay. All right. And last words for the people. Um, This is the longest episode we've done. Yeah, I bet. Um, I'm going to steal something out of your playbook here. It doesn't It, it doesn't hurt to be nice to people. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew no, it. No, because I, I say that coming from a person who's generally a nice person. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You, you can't go out here and act. You you can't go out here and ask one person about me and they be like, oh, he's a bitch ass nigga. He's an asshole. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So coming from someone who is generally a nice person, I can tell you for a fact, it it feels good to be a nice person. <laughs> um, yes. It, you know, and we don't have to be afraid of that. Be afraid to do that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um. So, yeah. I would piggyback off of that and say, do... Do the diligent hard work, even if that is, and it will be having to look into some of the dark past, some of the dark corners, some of the mm-hmm. mysterious and malevolent abyss of your mind. That's chambers. how you get better. You you have mm-hmm. to do that hard work to to get rid of all the muck that has been bequeathed to you from the world that we live in. That has stopped you from being the person that you were meant to be. Those are my last words. Thank you all. Episode 60. Yep. Yeah. Peace. Peace.